0: consequence podcast network welcome to state of the empire consequence of sounds star wars speculation podcast where we look for news in alderaan places hi i'm cap hey i'm doug hi i'm matt and this special episode is coming to you out of sequence i guess we're going to do Three State of the Empires, three weeks in a row, because the solo trailer actually did drop with the Super Bowl. And actually, <laughs> you're waiting around so long, they're like, hey, <laughs> how about two trailers back to back, one right after the other? I guess good things come to those who wait.
1: Yeah, I was expecting just a longer version of the Super Bowl one, but we basically got another trailer. Yeah. Like, it was mostly new stuff.
0: The other trailer happened on uh, Monday morning after the Super Bowl during Good Morning America. They're both on YouTube right now if you haven't seen them, and normally we'd customarily tell you that we're going to keep all the spoilers behind the blast doors. And that's true. If we think we're going to say something to you during this discussion that absolutely like, you know, damn some, some shocking moments of the film, we're going to keep them behind the blast doors. But I guess provisionally there is the blast door for, if you haven't seen the trailers, we're, we're going to crack those wide open. So that's how spoilery we are today. As spoilery as these trailers in analyzing what we saw in them. So I guess we should dig right in. I thought they were really good.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I feel like we really saw some different looks for the galaxy. You know, some outer rim type things, like basically like the Ring of Kafrein from Rogue One, the movie.
0: Oh yeah, right. The Ring of Kafrein is that thing we see for just a hot second where Cassian Andor like kills that dude and runs away from the troopers. Yep. Yeah.
1: And like, I'm I'm all for that.
0: Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, this movie looks like it's drenched in it. Now, granted, you know, we had some some very high promise with The Last Jedi and Canto Bite on a, you know, on the glitzier end of the spectrum, of course. But in terms of seeing some Star Wars, alieny aliensy stuff. But I got to say, either they're they're leading <laughs> um, strongly with a bunch of stuff that's barely in the film or this movie looks. I mean, it looks like as drenched in Star Wars stuff as the prequel era was. But perhaps, hopefully, maybe, kind of, sort of, with a higher integrity of content.
1: Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Just like Rogue One, and like it's strange that these, when hearing what the two anthology films or you know whatever they want to call them, Star Wars stories were about, I couldn't have thought that they were further away from each other as far as look. But yet, they're both giving me similar feelings. Like they're bringing me back to that. Lucasarts, Suncoast, video era of Star Wars. You know, like I feel like, you know, that's there's like a playset in there. You know that, mm. that I would be buying at a you know a, a Sam Goody <laughs> or something. It's, I think it's great. Like that that awesome looking dual rail train, which like absolutely looks like it should be a level from like a Shadows of the Empire or or a Jedi Knight game or something, or like,
0: a roller coaster at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge coming 2019. oh maybe (laughs) but it's cool Um, though it's really fucking cool
2: yeah
1: and i just uh, you know i wonder so many environments shown off in that trailer is it going to be like rogue one where we see like eight different planets are we going to get like multiple biomes and on you know from like two or three worlds like i'm not having a lot of things and not in a bad way but not i'm not having like a lot of things answered by this these trailers like i feel like i'm just getting more inquisitive about this movie, which I think is a good thing for, for a lot of people who, who doubted the need for this movie to even exist.
0: Yeah, and hey, that's a very, still, a very reasonable doubt, and it could still suck, but at least the, they went out of their way to make a really good first impression. Though, we haven't heard from Doug yet. Doug, what do you think?
2: I'm in the camp of, I still don't know why this movie's being made. <laughs> I mean, like, like I, know, I know the financial reasons why it's being made, but I don't, I mean, the movie, it, both of the teasers were very pretty. Special effects look great. Uh, Donald Glover as Lando, it looks totally awesome and is the most exciting thing for me so far. Uh, but just the whole concept has got to go a long way for me to really enjoy. And I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm not trying to like sit arms folded like, you know, like, oh, this movie... Here's the, here's a line in the sand and the movie has to cross it. If my expectations aren't met, it's not even that. It's just like, I just don't, I'm just in general, not interested in a Han Solo story. And if the story is great, then I'll be the first one to be like, holy shit. Like what, what a, what a great story. I never thought I needed, but I totally love. I, I'm just not expecting that because I, I don't know. It's like someone, someone offering me like a plate of my least favorite junk food. And I'm like, thanks, but I don't really want that right now. It's like, no, 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 no. But this is like fresh off the assembly line. Don't you want like, yeah, but I don't I'm just not in the mood. I'm sorry. I I really I'd I'd rather I'd rather get something else. But that being said, I feel like the trailer also was just dazzling us with images and we didn't get any story. I mean, it's just a teaser. So, of course, it's to be expected. It's just it it follows suit of every other teaser trailer that we saw at the Super Bowl. They all start to look the same to me after a while. And I'm remaining optimistic because it's Star Wars. And I mean, Star Wars is. A pillar of cinema, <laughs> so I'm always going to hold out hope for a Star Wars movie, but I'm just left kind of normal after it. It didn't, it didn't really wow me, uh, but it didn't look bad either. So I'm like relieved in a way, but at the same time, I'm just not excited. So I'm as neutral as neutral can be.
0: There's some stuff I didn't expect from it. Like we we'd seen some content in. Both behind the scenes and stuff that had been leaked that suggested there was going to be um, a darker aesthetic to parts of it, but I was surprised by how dark it was. And like when there's mm-hmm. what I'm led to believe is an imperial recruitment office of some kind, it looks like the police station from Blade Runner. Um, right. It's I mean Corellia looks super dark, but then also we're seeing what I presume to be another planet, though it doesn't have to be of like this the dark mountainous region where the uh, roller coaster train is and also a place with some beaches and so on, so that's decidedly different. But mostly, it's a pretty darkly-hued movie, and I remember that when the film was first being talked about, they were discussing Westerns, and they were actually discussing the aesthetics of a certain Western painter, whose name I can't recall right now, which is actually present in the solo preview images, the the images that are being used on the merchandise, like the action figures which have leaked recently and so on, um, which is a an orange and yellow sort of sunburst looking thing, that is absolutely not reflected in the rest of this. But so I'm I'm cu- I'm curious: when Lord Miller left, did that aesthetic, that cowboy western aesthetic, depart completely, or is it a part of the film we're not seeing yet?
1: You know, I, I completely forgotten about that western aspect cap until you you brought it up just now, and it's funny because that one of the things I I remarked about this trailer after seeing it initially is that I was expecting a sort of like especially with the title treatment like a sort of like 70s sci-fi retro thing about the movie and I was I was very surprised that it evoked more like mid 80s cybery blade runner future
0: mhm yeah yeah absolutely I, I i mean there were there were moments of course like the um the quick draw pose of uh, solo getting in that blaster fight with you know whomever dude and his homeboys on the beach but um yeah, uh, it, it, it was just, I mean, I, maybe one of the reasons that I'm so thrilled is not just the fact that it does seem full of stuff that just looks like, I mean, I saw many other people commenting this on the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group, you know, it looks like the expanded universe. This whole film, everything we're seeing right here looks like the expanded universe, which is an exciting prospect always, um, but it uh, it definitely defied my expectations for what visually it was going to look
2: like. One of my favorite comments I saw on Reddit was, Solo 2049.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm a sucker for that shit, so that's fine. If Corellia is uh, Los Angeles uh, in the Blade Runner universe, all right, that's fine.
1: Uh, it's, It's interesting that the Rogue One trailer, you know, we were able to break up into like, oh yeah, okay, so we have our very, like, our three definable planets that we kind of knew about, you know, and like you know, Edu and, and Scarif and, and Jeddah. in this movie. Like, I really like, I don't know how many we're looking at. I don't know what time periods as, as we kind of conjecturing that this movie takes place over a number of years. Yeah. Possibly. We've,
0: we've, we've basically been told that by a number of sources and, and it's reflected in the trailer itself, actually, especially with the, uh, with the character Kira, um, or Kira, I suppose should not like separated, like Shira, <laughs> Kira. Um, that's a uh, em- uh emilia clark's character we see her in this speeder race with han and she's just looking like you know probably like much like him like some maybe just some person from corellia seems like you know caught up in the action having a good time and then uh we also see her striding out of the uh fancy ass you know untainted millennium falcon looking like wearing a cape looking like a million bucks um, Probably rolling with Lando's crew because she's with his droid from this film, um that's not the same person you know that's the same person, but older, so there's clearly a severe expanse of time and when she says to him in the film, you know like no one knows you like I do um or whatever the line is, I think you know we're gonna see we're gonna see quite a lot of time jumps in terms of maybe like maybe I'd say probably three like time periods we're gonna see Han in his youth, and we're gonna see him get you know recruit for the for the Imperials but then we also have the monologue in the second Trailer where he talks about how he was kicked out so we're Going to are we going to see him get kicked out or are we going to Have that you know glossed over but we're going to See these decidedly different periods The street racing period the um, The disbarred Military scoundrel Looking for to find his way and then you know whatever Whatever m- Moment however much of it we get of like A closer to Crystallized Han Solo by the end of the film
1: right and and And, I would say, out of all the things about this movie that like you know i I know that the general consensus is much more worry about this film than any of the others, especially with the the production troubles that have kind of like even eclipsed rogue ones. I would say that concerns me the most is tell me a story. Don't tell me his story, right. You know, like I want an amazing so Han Solo adventure from his earlier days. But I don't need it to be the defining catch me up to a new hope movie.
0: You what, know, what's like, funny is, is that like that's actually doing a catch all film is actually the thing in their least best interest. Right? Don't you
1: want to franchise Aaron Reich if he ends up being really good? You know, like I don't know, it's gonna get confusing later. I hope they leave a gap. You know, like I hope, I hope we get to a point where it's not you know tell you know Lando and Han like seeing each other for the last time before they run into each other at Bespin, you know, I want it to be like, give me like a five year period where you can continue to make like, if this movie is very successful, more great Ehrenreich solo films.
2: Like, I would love that. Like they show solo flying the Falcon and Lando is like behind him and it's supposed to be Lando's ship. And I'm like, is he going to win the ship already? You know, <laughs> like, like he, 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 he It'd be interesting to me if, if they end the movie where he doesn't own the ship and he's just like, damn it, I got to fly that one time, but Lando, I want that ship. And he's like, sorry, sorry, buddy, you can't have it. And then, you, you know, you keep thinking there's going to be a game where he's going to win it, but it, it saves it for another film. Like, what better way to open up another film? And and
1: I got to say for, for like, you know, in, in acceptable fan service type things, it would be fun if, you know, Han is making jokes about, you know, like wanting the ship and, you know, like loving the ship and, and you know but you know Lando's like it's mine you know that sort of thing and and I'd like to see what the circumstance is that Lando's in the back and Han's flying it like does he know Han's you know a better pilot so he lets him like take the controls is that a big moment for Han like I think that intrigued me a lot in the
2: trailer is seeing Lando behind him would, would a better pilot have to run into a TIE fighter <laughs> like physically in order to get rid of it. That's the thing, though. Like, I, I never I never bought the fact that Han Solo is, quote-unquote, the best pilot in the galaxy, or that the Millennium Falcon is, quote-unquote, the fastest ship in the entire galaxy. It's, I think he's good, but I think he's a braggart. So I, I, I do fear that the movie's going to try to make him like a golden child that is like, you can't, like he's a hero already, but he's not a hero in New Hope. Like, I just I don't know that that, that's where that's where my apprehensions come in.
1: Right. And and, you know, there's there's ways to handle that. Well, I mean, that could be Han bragging. You know, I'm I want to be the best pilot in the galaxy, but nobody, you know, respects him for it or nobody's heard of him. Like, you know, he gets upset when nobody's heard of the Millennium Falcon. There are ways to
2: make this movie really good. I hope they can use a couple of them. I, at, at the risk of sounding crude, I, I am interested in uh, cockpit pornography of like all the flippings of the switches, and like right. all of the buttons and like the levers moving. And I feel like, well, you're in luck, fancy
0: boy. <laughs> There's so yeah, much yeah. of it.
2: No, I feel like if, if they can really put you if you can if you can show the brand new squeaky clean fresh off the factory Millennium Falcon through the eyes of this dirty Han Solo, who's just like, this is the greatest thing like sexiest ship I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And you understand why he wants it so bad. I'm all about that. And then just like making it look as cool as possible. And then you're like, okay, I see why he wants it. It does look really awesome. And then when he gets it, you know, it's going to turn into a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, I mean, maybe he, maybe he can upkeep it. Maybe he understands the engines, but, uh, if there's one thing we know from just looking at these two different characters of Lando and Han Solo, one has style, the other does not. (laughs) So, right. They both have a little
1: swagger, but yeah, definitely, Lando is definitely killing him in the style.
0: So let's talk about some of the the stuff we did see here. Um, Lando's sidekick character is not Lobot, but um, L337, which is this motion capture droid. Um, L337, by the way, like looking suspiciously like Leet in Leet Speak, Haxor, Ha- hacker talk um which is cute i guess but also a, a bit weirdly w- real world though i suppose if george lucas knew leet speak he might also make that same joke so who am i to talk um and uh he, interestingly the droid is played by phoebe waller bridge who is a british actor um best known for a recently successful bbc uh television series based on a one-woman play she, that she did so a very interesting casting choice for this mocap robot and um the seldom seen in on in, in star wars film uh, female type droid you know we got ev 99 and very few others with significant screen time and then we see more of the uh, the the crew that woody harrelson's character beckett by the way beckett who's thus so far unnamed though he may get named later in the week because all this week um entertainment weekly is publishing assorted think pieces based on information disseminated you know cleared by lucasfilm for spreading including more info on all these supporting characters so by the time you hear this that content might be out already worth checking out we'll certainly be checking it out and probably posting our um thoughts on it in uh, the star wars spoilers group on facebook um but uh, other crew members of, of beckett's crew is uh Sandy Newton, she plays well, we don't know yet, but she's got this tough lady scoundrel vibe.
2: If she played Sana solo, I'd be I'd be very interested.
0: The rumor is she's playing someone
1: named Val. That was from a report a long time ago, but I have not heard that name since. I will, I mean, I've seen it brought up today, but like in between then and now. We've just heard Val from from a source that named other accurate names.
0: Yeah, it it's it's interesting, you know, like the more I see of of Kira the more I think, yeah, it seems like parts of her character could have been Sana Solo. And there was so much room for that comic book character to have maybe they could be like, okay, so how far are we going to take this, you know, interconnected universe thing? Can we actually create a character in the comics and cast that character in a film and have that be an experience? Is that why they yanked her all over, you know, in, in the comics and didn't do anything with her? That seems like a very real possibility um we
1: can go back to that time when there were like four or five rumored um black actors female actors for, you know lined up for the for the lead female role in this movie but then none of them got casted so it makes me wonder if she was at one point sana staros and we and will be interesting to see where they take the character to see if that was something that could have been a possibility
0: yeah it's a really interesting question, and it's certainly something that probably would have happened, you know, like, who knows what happened to the character once Ron Howard took over the film, and that may have added a other degree of separation between those two figures. Um, there's also an alien that, when I first saw it in the trailer, I was like, oh shit, is that Maz Kanata? But no, it's actually a different species altogether. Similar, though. Uh four-armed alien dude manning a gun, I think. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it looks like he might be in the in one of the turrets.
0: Um, we also get Hans, Hans dice are in his speeder, which is an interesting, I guess, you know, <laughs> help us help us make those stupid moments in The Last Jedi have a little bit more connective tissue since the dice I, I did find it so strange that they lingered on the dice in The Last Jedi made them such a, a weird uh, token item um, when they were only ever a background thing of the lowest caliber in the original films. Right. Um, so maybe now that as a collective body of work, it'll all get a little more validated.
2: Do we think Kira's going to blow on those dice <laughs> before the big race?
0: You know what, Doug? Yeah. Let's
2: say, yeah. <laughs> He's like, here's my lucky charm. Why don't you give him a blow before we go? And she's like, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> he just hangs him on the rearview mirror. It's like, all right, let's see how lucky they are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's, there's a new TIE fighter, which is weird. New, a new TIE fighter to go along with the new Stormtrooper armors that we talked about in a couple episodes ago. Because um, they always got to do it, you know? I, it prints money, and it's kind of getting old at this point, making new design renditions on shit we are familiar with. And, I mean, it's, it's just... It's...
1: It's, it's the checklist, Cap. It's new TIE fighter, new Stormtrooper. But, like, Like how
0: many times, how many many variations does this uh, unfeeling uh, Nazi empire that does not really allow for uh, free expression, how many different versions of stormtroopers (laughs) do they make?
1: Uh, The trooper thing amuses me because it's like they're prepared for everything. It makes me wonder if Star Destroyers have, like, a compliment, like, do they just have different armor for different situations or do, like, we carry, like, a, like, a... You know, a squadron of like swamp troopers and a squadron of tank troopers and a squadron of, you know, like they all have their own thing that's just hang out. Actually, I now kind of want to watch like a TV show about, you know, like, you know, the
2: different stormtrooper types trying to like interact with each other
1: on a on a base.
2: I've, I, I have a headcanon that's still kind of formulating that basically all the stormtroopers we've ever really seen uh, for the most part have been stationed on Star Destroyers and the Death Star and when you're stationed in space, white is probably just the best option because it's you're in a sterile environment. It's very clean. Sure. And if you get blasted out into space, you're easy to spot. <laughs> Whereas if you <laughs> land on any other planet like Scarif or something, I'm sure whatever mil- permanent military base that's there has the right equipment that you would need to transition into. And if it was just a simple color change, I'm sure, I'm sure they could do that somehow. So I don't know. I, I would be interested to see a show or something where they kind of just explain it just a little bit just to show like, Oh, yeah, no, uh, this, the, and then, like, well, how come they don't have, like, the sand-colored stuff for the sand troopers on Tatooine? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a backorder shithole planet, so I don't think anyone cares.
0: Yeah, um, in the, in the first order, anyway, the execution troopers, that's a special armor that you are chosen to wear, um, like, or it could happen any day, according to the, uh, the visual dictionary, like, any day, you could be like, hey, you're gonna be an execution trooper today, and they'd be like, all right, and they put on their execution armor, armor, which, like, much like an executioner's hood shields their identity somehow i guess it doesn't have the same kind of signature uh code or doesn't have the barcode
2: on it or whatever yeah does that work the same way as everything else i don't know but but wouldn't wouldn't people in your platoon notice you're not there they totally would (laughs) they totally would they're like hey where's fn2187 it's just like oh i don't know uh man he must be on execution duty for like the past you know Five days or something.
0: <laughs> huh, that pussy, he's gonna no. cry. Bet you he cries tonight. Like, no, nah.
2: I'll bet you two credits <laughs> he cries tonight. <laughs> no, I bet that's totally what happened. Like to punish him for not killing anyone at the last battle, Phasma totally put him on ex- execution duty for like the next week. He didn't. It's like there's rumors that he like betrayed us. Nah, ain't no way. He'd never do that. He's not that chicken. <laughs>
0: I think I like this uh I like this show. I mean, we've already kind of had it before with Troops many many years ago, but mm-hmm. but it's definitely due for um well we I think we should revisit Troops. I think that should happen. Uh other major features of this trailer, we have the tentacles which is presumably part of the Kessel run, the same giant cloud that the star destroyer emerges from intensely. A oh, man, what a great shot. The tentacles are weird though because obviously the first thing when you when you see them, you're like, those are tentacles. But also, there's a lot of debris in those fast shots that we're getting there. It almost made me wonder, like, is that just a tentacle-like rock formation? And those are some kind of stalactite stalagmite things. Like, it's maybe not what it seems to be.
1: Bresnikin referred to it as a Lovecraftian monster.
0: Yeah, that's Anthony Bresnikin at EW.
1: And, like, I feel like he's working from official information.
0: Yeah, one, one would suspect. It's hard to tell with him because he always writes it like, oh, I'm I'm just with you guys except for when I drop important information or even weird incidental information like that shot with two figures walking out towards the ocean is Han Solo and Kira. You'd have no reason to know that, but for some reason Anthony Bresnikin does.
1: Right. And and it's like weird. he'll drop like like he actually dropped old expanded universe knowledge about the Kessel Run and the Maw, the cluster of black holes from like, I mean, it was used a lot, but the Jedi Academy trilogy and stuff. So, I mean, like, you know, he's dropping some like fan like knowledge, like deep cuts. But yeah, and
0: then he's like, but will, is that is that the case with this film? We'll find out. And I'm like, I, what what do you or don't you know? <laughs> this is so right. weird. Um, and then one, one final interesting thing, like, you know, we see Woody Harrelson's character, Beckett, um, saying like, all right, let's get together a team. So in terms of the sequence of the event, he's there getting together a team. Han is already with Chewbacca. So the spice minds of Kessel thing has already happened in theory, unless they've changed the origin story of how Han and Chewie get together, um, which is possible because as far as I don't think there's ever any line that really says how Han and Chewie hooked up in the original trilogy. So it, the whole thing could change. Yeah, there's there's nothing. We've seen Wookiees being used for mining operations, I think specifically on Kessel even in Rebels. Yep. And so we know we know that's a confirmed thing that's happening in the universe, but are we gonna get it here? I'm I'm not sure. So then if Beckett is assembling the team, acting as though maybe Han isn't in it one would suspect from that scene and the way the inflection is Han isn't his like surrogate child, you know, in smuggling yet. But Han and Chewie are already together by that point. And then there's, we see what looks like an operation. We see Beckett being attacked on that snowy planet by the guy who is on the beach with what I assume is a vibroblade staff of some kind with a Kylo Ren looking mask. Um, So he's being attacked on the train in the mountains. Um, He himself is probably on the beach planet so beach planet then onto the planet with the dark clouds and the snowy mountains where the train is where we also see han in another vehicle that's not the falcon and there's one shot where that vehicle is dropping off a payload that's hooked to wires and there's a fleet of people on speeders that are catching it and then that same vehicle is is shown Fleeing a massive explosion that's going into the upper atmosphere. Oof, there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and so but we, we know Kessel's in the film, but we haven't seen Kessel in the trailers yet. So, and all that stuff, is it third act? Is it middle act? Boy, we don't know anything still, which yeah,
1: is great, and, and, actually. And at this point, I'm trying to put together, it's such a weird production marketing cycle. I mean, for a movie, period you know, especially a big blockbuster that comes out Memorial Day because that's such a desirable weekend. You would think we would have had something like, I mean, practically last summer. But it, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to compare it to, I know Last Jedi, like the major beats weren't known until literally the week before. But I think we kind of knew when, like we knew Crate was last. We knew, you know, uh the battle to car started the movie, you know, we obviously knew where Ray was going to be, but this movie, like, I don't know where the young stuff plays, takes place where the old stuff, like how much it moves. Like Pablo Hidalgo has been very mum on the, the timing. Like, I think he said, he's like, some time has certainly passed between episode three and this movie. I have no idea. I, that might be part of why I'm so excited by these trailers is
3: I'm,
1: very engaged by and trying to figure all of that out and i don't know where to begin to do so
3: <laughs> right
0: well where we can look to is the other stuff we have um that's leaked so far there's a f- we have a few action figure photos and we'll link to where you can see them on this episode's page we post them up on star wars spoilers um there's a rack of figures i think they're star wars black series figures where we see the general assembly of folks uh kira solo lando chewbacca and then also the the what we're going to call the nemesis figure which is the dude with the kylo like visor and the helmet with the besh all over it and um there was a fo- there was a dude on on reddit who actually preempted the existence of this character seemingly like you know mentioned mentioned someone who was aesthetically correct to this character being what he called the main villain of the movie um which is interesting right because I mean, and we have there's there's good reason to actually think that because we have this character, he and Han, or them and Han, on a uh, in a shootout on the beach planet, and then also attacking Beckett or Beckett on um on the train on the other planet, which I suppose could be the same planet if we're doing planets with multiple biomes, but so far haven't seen that yet. So that's interesting because I mean because the, the dude looks like a tribal wastelander adversary, you know, just dude not a planet hopping bounty hunter kind of character
1: yeah and, and that same redditor referred to him as an imperial oh I didn't catch you know, that which, yeah he, he, he said he is an imperial despite not looking like one which bothers me because this is the opportunity to make scum and villainy the, the showcase of this film I didn't even necessarily other than like you know it doesn't surprise me that this movie is going to feature star destroyers and tie fighters chasing the falcon but like you know there's a difference between just making the imperials the fuzz and making them the villains of this movie you know like i'm totally okay with the imperials being the legal authority like as they are at this point in the galaxy but i don't know if i want them to be the bad guys of the movie like i hope they're not like you know foiling some imperial plot on some planet you know like i want them to be in it for like the riches yeah for the money yeah the fortune and glory.
0: Right is is this or isn't it a heist film you know there's there's wealth in the galaxy why are we you know are they stealing equipment from the Imperials? If so, well, sure that makes sense for them to do I mean logical plot yeah, but also fair. kind of a shame because they could be stealing from the black sun or whatever right
1: the empire doesn't always have to be the bad guys, and that's how you keep the universe fresh you gotta you gotta keep the forces of darkness and light coming from many different sectors in order to keep everything fresh and interesting especially when han is not necessarily like in the fight yet you know mm-hmm. but yeah, he he, you know, he says in new hope he's, i'm not in this for your revolution and i'm not in it for you i'm in it for for, for money right to and, well paid and and none of this is confirmed but the guy did you know predate that character being in it and the you know the nemesis you know of the film like two days before we saw these trailers and he was seemed right on everything else. And now we have, you know, him, the, that outlier of a mention of him being an Imperial, which bothers me.
0: But maybe maybe we don't, you know, there's plenty of ways that we could just be seeing this information at face value. And it's actually something much more interesting. And there's also plenty of opportunities that this the shots that we were shown in the trailer were sp- simply for the brand recognition for, you know, everybody else out there who... isn't necessarily going to connect with generic weird spaceship we've never seen before they need to see a star destroyer totally understandable right
1: Um, and and of course you know this you know maybe maybe this is just another once again misunderstanding i mean how how you know we a couple weeks ago we had heard han in imperial disguise and we all kind of groaned at that and now we know it's not that it's han is an imperial at some point
0: which is, which is great because that's a part of his backstory that we hoped that they hadn't gotten rid of, and right. here it is, large and in charge. In fact, yep. we even have um, some close-ups of uh, the Lego minifigs to uh, back that up of Han in an Imperial outfit of some kind. Um, we also have one other action figure that's worth mentioning, which is a two-pack of Lando and also a Kessel guard who doesn't look not unlike the Nemesis character, similar kind of Wastelander sort of dress. And uh, it also, you know, definitively says, you know, hey, we know Kessel's in the film. We've seen things heavily hinting that, but it is. But, and also, we've packaged Lando with that. So, Lando's story is going to have something to do with Kessel and presumably something to do with the acquisition of Chewbacca into their motley crew. But have we seen Kessel in the trailers? I could not say. We have, however, seen a really, really cool lounge singer in and, and Lounge, and I wanna know more about that. I wanna I you know, the musical sequences in Return of the Jedi, either version, uh they're they're fun and campy. The the special edition one too campy. But uh this this lounge singer with a vox thing attached to her face and then like seemingly uh a a co singer, a back backing vocalist that's like a head in a jar, I'm on board. That's weird as hell. Let's do it. As far as tie-in material, boy, uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, the this movie and no matter how polished it looks from the trailers, they're still scrambling. They're scrambling super bad because there is no real tie-in material coming out. Uh, you know, we got the action figures debuting in April and with books, well, you get the art of Solo, you get Solo, the visual dictionary. Um and then you get uh a book for tweens of a first person account of one of the main characters. You get the Ultimate Sticker Collection, I know we're all excited about that. Coloring book, ooh, an activity book. Um hmm. And then uh Marvel is repackaging issues eleven through twelve of Star Wars and also the Marjorie Lou uh Han Solo miniseries comic book into a bound volume altogether, and that's it. That's that's solo in books. And
1: and, and and that's that's a good repackaging if you haven't read either of them. Yep. But <laughs> like I think it's just time for all the fans of of the literature aspect of Star Wars, whether that's comics or books or both, to just know that these movies are just you know they're being edited and refined so close up to their release that there's no way we're going to get meaty meaty tie-in material anymore.
0: Yeah, like we just got the DJ comic book for uh, the Last Jedi. Matt, what did you think? We haven't talked about it. Actually, I have not
1: had the chance to read it.
0: Ah, you yeah, bastard! Just... I really I know, liked sorry. it. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was entertaining. It was the scum and villainy that I hoped to see in Canto Bite. DJ is an interesting character. I mean, I thought between the DJ comic and the Storms of Crate comic, the DJ one is far better. So that's um, great. Yeah, if you, if you want to throw down five bucks for, for a single issue of a comic book, it's, it's admittedly double-sized, then uh, get the DJ comic. But uh, hey, you folks ready for Willow Watch?
2: Am I? Willow.
0: So there's not an abundance to report about Willow right now, except that, you know, here we are in... 2018, the 30th anniversary year of Willow, which almost happens like in a hair's breadth of, of Solo coming out. Well, Ron Howard recently tweeted, catching up with my pal Warwick Davis. Um, we're doing some post-production sound work for St- Solo, a Star Wars story. We'll link to the photo accompanying that. So that's fun and cool, and we can be sure as shit to see so much Willow discussion pouring out of the Ron Howard camp as the promotion for this film ramps up, as we've been saying all along. But being that it's the 30th anniversary year, there are a number of events that we've also been mentioning that have, that have come into our radar. Willow screenings are popping up everywhere this year. And, uh, while we do hope to still be throwing a Willow anniversary bash of our own, and those discussions are still ongoing and we're still not able to say anything about it. There is a Willow screening happening very soon here in uh, nerdy shows, home turf of Orlando, Florida. um, So, if you want to come hang out with Doug and I on the lawn for a free screening of Willow, it's going to be on April 5th at 8 p.m. in Winter Park. We'll have links to where you can find out more info about that screening on this episode's page. And if you're going to be there, hop on the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group. uh, Let us know. We'll have a meetup.
2: All that considered, do you think uh, we got to move this up from goat level to ostrich level? Whoa. I mean, I don't want to be reactionary.
0: it's, it's the, it is the anniversary, but Doug, I don't want to be reactionary here. I think that we're going to, we need to save ostrich level for when something crazy comes out of Ron's mouth. And considering the last thing he said publicly about Willow was, I'd love to do a TV series. We got to hold on to that.
2: Yeah, but he also tweeted that photo of him and Warwick hanging out, watching like the first cut of Solo.
0: <laughs> well, he didn't follow it up with lol JK. We're talking about Willow too.
2: Winky face. But he's gonna say, oh, it's great catching up with old friends. Like it's like, oh boy, something's something's cooking. He like you don't you wouldn't just tweet that photo without knowing full well you know what I'm saying? Like True. It, I mean th-
0: he, he did also recently post a picture of him and George Lucas in the snow during the filming of Willow. Um There you
2: go. Uh, dude, he's got dude, he has Willow on the brain. I think this proves it. He misses it. And he realized how much fun he had working for
1: Lucasfilm. So those gonna be a huge success. And he's gonna say, guys. Let's do Willow too, and we'll be there for it. And we'll remind him that we were at the forefront of this movement.
0: Yeah, hashtag Willowwatch. If, if you're talking to Ron Howard. What if they
2: just, because like in true Lucasfilm fashion, what if for the anniversary they re-release Willow, but like how they did for Indiana Jones, instead of it just being like, you know, Indiana Jones and the Rares of the Lost Ark, this is going to be Willow, a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: I geez, I hope not. I mean, but that would that would uh confirm the old April Fools' gag. So,
1: yeah, that is that is my favorite April Fools' joke of all time. Is Star Wars dot com declaring it Star Wars canon and adding it to their databank?
0: But we'll see. I, I, you know, Doug, you're you're really the master of the the Willow Watch uh alert system. So, I trust your judgment. If you think we're ready for ostrich. <sighs>
2: I mean, with those tweets, those tweets weren't definitive. But man, it's like he's got he's got Willow on the brain. I'd say if if he tweeted anything, if he actually used the words Willow in any of those tweets, maybe you would have to bump it up to ostrich. But I think I think we're on the the cusp of ostrich right now. I'll
0: agree to that. We're cusping ostrich, folks. Thus since Willow Watch. So, State of the Empire is obviously a production of the Consequence Podcast Network, but. We also exist purely by, um, well, a certain degree of your good graces, because we are co-produced by the Nerdy Show Network, and all Nerdy Show Network programming is listener-supported. We're recording, um, well, Doug and Matt are remote, as this is a kind of last-minute recording due to the solo trailers, but normally we record in the Nerdy Show studios, and our production is entirely funded by listener support. So... If you would like to support this program, please do consider joining in on the Nerdy Show Network Patreon at patreon.com nerdyshow nerdy show. And um, if you're we have all kinds of bonus content there, I should add, like tons and tons of outtakes from State of the Empire over the years. Um, but if you would uh, if you don't have money to throw our way, that's OK. We understand. But do please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or also possibly rating and reviewing us on PodChaser iTunes is still the number one source for people acquiring podcasts in this world, but uh, so you should definitely do that if you can, if it's not too much of a nuisance, and we know it's kind of a nuisance, but Podchaser is a burgeoning platform for podcast discovery. It's a really exciting new resource for people to, like discovering podcasts. You could type in, let's say, uh, Will Roe Hood or Han Solo star Alden Rick and you could find any <laughs> Any podcast where those topics have come up, you, like it actually lets you search podcasting in the same intuitive, googly kind of way you'd want to, really. And on there, you can not only rate and review series, but you can also rate and review individual episodes. And we got to give a big shout out to Hoodoo Voodoo, who rated and reviewed every single episode of State of the Empire on Podchaser. Now, it wasn't individualized. This is the same review over and over and over again, but that still helps us, and it's still good advice. They said, My only go-to Star Wars podcast series. Join the hosts of the show as they follow up to date Star Wars details, anything from films to merchandise, hear their speculations and reactions to content, and for spoiler-sensitive content, check behind the blast doors. You may get a terrible Star Wars joke out of it as well. (laughs) Of note, our two segments related to properties, intricately tied into star wars as a franchise willow watch and indie inquiry thank you so much hoodoo voodoo that was a a massive massive power play on your part and i know you did it on other nerdy show series as well that has not gone unnoticed thank you so much Uh, i also want to give a shout out to two new programs on the consequence podcast network we have Of course, our our main website is Consequence of Sound, where we have the titular Consequence of Sound podcast, which is an album review show. It's coming out three times a week, and they're really bite-sized episodes averaging over like five minutes, a multitude of genres. And then maybe more relevant to State of the Empire listeners, we have a new show called TV Party, where it's a weekly catch-up on all the latest shit happening in television. And then every other week, a a very more specific conversation takes place. But if you're an avid TV watcher, it's a great crew of people to watch TV along with. Coming up next episode of State of the Empire, we're going to be talking about TV ourselves. We're going to be talking about Star Wars Rebels catching everybody up to this mid-season break that's about to, um, well, they're about to come back from and, and conclude the series. So we're going to be discussing that. And then in our next news segment, we've got a couple things tucked away, including some interesting tidbits about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the theme park little bit about Blastor stuff, just a teeny smidgen of a Blastor thing we're going to go into. But, but first, before we leave, um, well, for the spoilers, folks, Doug, you did a cool thing on Twitter.
2: Yeah, it was really an impromptu thing. I was just reading over this uh, fourth draft uh, script of A New Hope and I was noticing little differences and I realized that you know like every page I'm sort of seeing something I wanted to talk about or just say hey isn't that funny and instead of just bombarding you both with texts all day yeah. um like you know and your phone vibrating at work and stuff all the time um I figured I would just do it as a live tweet on Twitter cuz I still am discovering what Twitter's for I I don't even really know for sure but if this is a place to post it all in one go and then have everyone look at it later then then great so I read through the whole thing and made little observations on differences or things that were maybe foreshadowing and just, I don't know all anything that sort of caught my eye. And, uh, it was a lot of fun and it was some cool stuff that I, I'd never realized before. Like, uh, Ponda Baba, when he shoves Luke, according to the script, he's just drunk. He's not really looking for a fight. He's just, <laughs> and whatever take it. And then all of a sudden Ev- Dr. Evazon comes by and it's like, he doesn't like you. And much like that robot chicken sketch, he could be totally making it up. and just wants to fight. Ponababa could have just been, hey man, you stepped on my foot. Like I, We don't know. So uh, he may have had his arm cut off for, uh, for no good reason, unfortunately. Uh, but that's just one of like many, many fun things that I, I found. And uh, if you're at, at, at all interested, yeah, go check it out. Let me know because well, uh, we'll I'd like to, to do more of those, especially for other Star Wars movies.
0: And that's and also a very valid point. You know, we don't talk about our Twitter handles. That's usually a thing people do on podcasts, but you know, we don't really do it. But uh, you can find me at Cap Blackard.
2: I'm at Doug V. Banks. First name... Middle initial, last name, Doug V. Banks.
0: Whoa, what's your middle name, Doug? That's a secret. It's not Vader, is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Matt, you have a Twitter, right?
1: I do have a Twitter, but it's currently as desolate as the Dune Sea, even though I told myself in the new year I wasn't going to let that be the case. But it's, it's at Matthew Spill.
0: And either way, you can, you know, whether you're on Twitter or not, if you are on Facebook, that's where an awful lot of action is happening with ourselves. And uh, the rest of anybody else brave enough to uh, to enjoy the, the succulent and refined taste of Star Wars spoilers. Just search State of the Empire or Star Wars spoilers. You should have no trouble finding it. But uh, right now, we're going to open those blast doors. We'll see the rest of you later. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. A weird thing happened on Reddit. Someone posted a Boba Fett minifig that looks just like all the other Boba Fett minifigs, except it's a little lighter, a little bit more pastel. And rumors going around, Boba Fett's in this movie.
1: I hope not. It makes sense. I Yeah, I hope not too, but like, how can they resist? I mean, really, how can they? It's like a shared universe movie where they don't even have to make a Boba Fett film.
2: <laughs> I tell you, the one way, having Boba Fett in it, that would I'd actually kind of enjoy seeing, instead of just like another Ponda Baba Evazon cameo of just like, the bumpy, ch- you know, like, oh, sorry, Boba Fett didn't mean to bump any. It's like, you just watch yourself solo. One day you're going to get yours. Like, I... If it's instead like an actual scene where they're like, oh, man, we have to we have to hide or we have to escape or we, you know, like, cause Han doesn't have the Lenny Falcon, He's like, ah, oh, I got to charter something out for this damn rock because the Imperial, you know, army's after me. There's only one person I can turn to and it's fucking Boba Fett. And you'd, like, they have to work together somehow. Like, do, doing the opposite of what you're expecting would be so awesome. It's like, oh yeah, they actually, you know, they weren't like best buddies or nothing, but they actually worked together a couple times. <laughs> like, just to, Just to make it that much more interesting.
0: That would be rad. I mean, or, or Han Solo could be like, man, why do you wear that helmet? But your face looks like a sandy asshole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's exactly the line. <laughs> then he pops it off and his robot chicken. And it says, oh, it's even more gorgeous underneath. Hello. <laughs> uh,
0: the Boba Fett thing was also mentioned by that same Redditor who described the Nemesis character before the trailer happened and before the action figure leaked. So I'd say I'd say we're putting this at highly likely.
1: If you're gonna do Boba, uh, just give me Jabba. That's all I want. I just need Yabba.
0: Ah, <laughs> Yabba. Come on, great character.
1: Like uh, pick a pick a bounty hunter from the lineup on the on in Empire Strikes Back. Like I don't
0: know if it needs to be Boba, but like give me some of that sweet Zuckus. I've, I've, I've I would love some Zuckus. We're getting Zuckus and Forlom in the free comic book day issue of Star Wars Adventures. That's cool. So maybe, maybe that's a hint to more Zuckus. Mm-hmm. All for that. The other thing, ages ago, ages ago, there was a cancellation of the dude who plays Darth Vader now, that does the acting for the body, and uh, cancel, canceled an event. And his representation said, uh, unfortunately, he has to cancel this event. He's scheduled to appear in a brand new Star Wars production. The only thing filming at that time was Solo. And either they need another person of that height and skill for this film, which is possible, or Darth Vader's in this movie, which is just fucking terrible. So, just wanted to remind everybody that that's still out there in the ether. That's still a possibility if we're looking at Boba Fett. Vader's still also a possibility for this
2: movie. Uh, does maybe the physique that that we're looking for with that guy fits the nemesis uh, person? Jeez, maybe that's a heck of a role that would have meant that he
0: that the nemesis character in its entirety was maybe a last minute addition which i would hope not but who can say
2: we still know so little about kira i just hope that she's not irene adler
0: what does that mean who is that
2: uh that's the sherlock holmes's main squeeze and uh and well really she was only in one book but (laughs) in every other movie adaptation or tv show she has to pop up like a million times and it's like the femme fatale who you don't know what side she's on and she oh she betrays him this time but she saves him this time and i just you know i want i just want something cool and not like i just i just want a han solo movie that feels i you know i i don't have the choice i'm getting a han solo movie and i just want it to feel fun and somewhat fresh and interesting, maybe take a little bit of a risk. I don't want this to say, you know, it was kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was also kind of like this. And that character was kind of like this. I just, you know, something new. And uh, maybe that's too tall of an order for Disney at this point in time, but I I, I don't want to think so. I, I, I think there's still a lot of magic left.
0: And I don't think that character trope you mentioned would be out of place in a story like this.
2: You know, she
1: earned a character poster that they released this week. You know, they did a character posters for Han, Chewie, Lando, and her. So it's interesting. You know, they're they're clearly positing her as like you know, team member number four. You know, obviously she's the biggest face of the you know, you know, I guess besides Woody Harrelson. But you know, we kind of knew Harrelson was taking a mentor role. So she's the biggest risk. You know, she she doesn't have that establishment that the other three have. So it'll be interesting to see like how they choose to utilize her. I'd say I'm not the biggest fan of hers from Game of Thrones, but I have to say I love the look and like the posture and everything. I like I actually think her her character poster
2: is the best out of them so far. It just sounds it just seems really familiar. We haven't heard her say a single word. She just I I I don't I don't want her reduced to just the mysterious love interest and not have any personality beyond that. But Doug, we have heard
0: her say words. She told Han that she knew him so well.
2: You didn't even you didn't even see her say it. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's there's so much about I mean, granted, this is the early teaser, we haven't seen much of anything yet, but I just and like the fact that she's changing like the outfits over the course of all these different years, like she's weaving in and out of Han's life and I don't know. Like I I want I want it to be awesome, but I just also I just don't see much
1: there yet. You know. It's it's interesting because that weaving in and out of his life thing is heavily reminding me of. So outside the Han Solo adventures, which were the books that came out in the eighties after the the movies were like recently finished after Jedi was done, there was another Han Solo trilogy in the nineties. You know, the Han Solo trilogy that was more of an origin type story. But I mean, it wasn't like you know meeting Chewie and things like that. But it was early adventures and and the three books took place over three different time periods and they all kind of weaved in and out. Um, His, he kind of had a, a love interest that, you know, he, he adored, but like, she was such a, like a, uh, she was a spice addict. And I think actually he met her at like a, I mean, it's been a long time since I've read them, but at like a, a spice outpost of some sort and, you know, they fell in love. They did their thing. But she kept leaving him because, like, she wanted to, like, rid the world of the Empire. And he wanted nothing to do with it. Like, he wouldn't help her out. He wouldn't whatever. She ended up joining the rebe- the Rebellion at one point, And they lost touch. And, like, she at one point had asked him or, you know, connected with him before she was going on this one mission that she knew was going to be, like, a suicide mission. And it turned out it was Stealing Death Star plans. And, you know, he, he, he kind of just, like, wrote her off. And then, like, kind of got word, like, a day or two before he stepped into the Mos Eisley Cantina that she had died. And, you know, he was basically, like, mentally, he was like, to hell with the Rebels. I'm done with this. Like, I'm just going to do my own thing. He basically becomes, like, more of the cold-hearted person you initially meet in A New Hope. And then, you know, he walks into the, the Cantina and the book ends there. Not realizing that his life was going to take a huge twist in that direction. I actually like the way the book did it.
0: That but, sounds great. <laughs> we'll link to that on this yeah. episode's page.
1: And I enjoyed those books a lot. Like, I actually remember as a teenager reading them, thinking, like, I used to daydream, oh, I want to direct these as films. Like, I wanted to adapt them. And what's funny is, I, over the years, I've come to find that those aren't as, like, fond for everybody else. Like, for some reason, those, those three books weren't, like, necessarily, like, universally loved. I don't think they were despised, but, like, I loved those books. And I loved the relationship that they painted for Han and Bria that was the name of her her character Bria Theron you know it made so much sense for Han's character in A New Hope especially meeting Leia and like what Leia is a totally different person but at the same time still as like motivated by you know her cause and it just played really well over the course of the saga and seeing Kira in this, these trailers with different looks and, and things like that like it, it kind of it's heavily reminding me of that and I'm wondering if like they're going to do that I'm wondering if her her doom is sealed you know like in this like is she going to die because she believes in causes and that's going to make him basically like screw causes I hate them
2: yeah like I feel like either she's going to betray him or she's going to die Or she's going to betray him and then she's going to die redeeming herself. (laughs) Like, I just, I don't know. I just kind of, as much as I like Casino Royale, I don't want to see the end of that movie again in Star Wars. Right. Well,
0: those are good points all around. And we got nothing else to do but just sit back and let it happen. (laughs) (laughs) So for now, stay tuned for the Rebels episode coming up next in a week. And uh, otherwise, uh, we'll be back with more Star Wars news and maybe even some Willow Watch for you. See you next time.
2: State of the Empire is a production of the Consequence Podcast Network. Check out our expanding roster of music, film, and television podcast programming at consequencesound.net. This show is recorded and produced in Orlando, Florida at Nerdy Show Studios, home of the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. Discover more at nerdyshow.com. Special thanks to our Bothan pals in the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group, the Nerdy Show Network Patreon backers, and Chief Mortiman Bast, the only Imperial smart enough to see the danger in the Rebels' attack pattern. Official canon says you're dead, but our hearts, our toys, and the holiday special confirm otherwise.